We're going to be looking at that passage in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 7, uh, 1-25 today. Now, as we've been going through Ecclesiastes over the past few weeks, one of the themes which has come out is uh, about uh, death being our teacher, that death should be um, lead us to find wisdom. And that's what we're, uh, uh, the teacher is kind of turning to a bit more today, is thinking about how death teaches us wisdom, but also that wisdom has its limitations, that wisdom has its, its limitations as well. And that's what we'll see as we, as we go through. So the, verse, the first six verses in this uh, chapter 7, uh, he talks, starts out talking about the day of death being better than the day of birth. It's better to go to a house of mourning than go to a house of feasting. Uh, I don't think any of us, if you asked us, would say, well, it's better. But that's what the teacher says, it's better. Why, what's the reason that he gives for that? He says that for death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. So uh, death is, is something we should consider. It's, it's a fact of life that we, should, that we need to take to heart. It should teach us. We should consider it. And he goes on to say, um, frustration is better than laughter because a sad face is good for the heart. Has anyone ever said that to you? A sad face is good for the heart. And can you imagine saying that to someone who's, who's sad? But that's what the teacher says. A sad face is actually good, good for the heart. And it's true, isn't it? Very often that I know for uh, when we have the right perspective, and I can, you know, saying as a Christian that sad times and frustrating times and difficult times are often times that we grow the most as Christians. We learn the most in those kind of times, even though they're hard and difficult. And, um, and so he goes on and he says, um, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. So we gain wisdom from the house of mourning. We gain wisdom from that. More so than it says, um, the heart of fools is in the house of pleasure. And the, the rest of uh, this, this little bit, five and six, verses five and six, is just talking about how um, the foolish try to, uh, to mask the facts of life, and especially death, with pleasure. It's just all of the, the entertainments of life, uh, they, they try and avoid the facts of life by entertaining themselves. And I thought, now we really, I mean, this has a lot of um, truth uh, I think for our society, isn't it? You know, we're living in a society that is trying desperately to avoid talking about avoiding the fact of death. Um, there was an MP, um, Charles Walker. Um, I say there is an MP, Charles Walker. He said in an interview a couple of weeks ago, um, he was talking about the government's uh, response to coronavirus, and he says it does seem the government, for the best of reasons but mistaken reasons, is trying to abolish death. And I thought, well, here, that's an insightful man. Because I think that's true, isn't it? Do you remember? I don't know if, if you remember, I think possibly the first broadcast that Boris Johnson did about, about um, the coronavirus, he said, people will die. Do you know something? He hasn't said that again since. And it's almost as if the government are trying to, to avoid, to paper over the fact that people do, in fact, die. Uh, whereas what Ecclesiastes is saying is that 
yes, people do die. And rather than trying to run from that all our lives, we should consider it well and let that teach us wisdom. And then um, in verses 7 to 10, the teacher talks, uh, gives us four things that wisdom teaches. So these four things wisdom teaches, let's go through them briefly. Verse 7, extortion turns a wise person into a fool and a bribe corrupts the heart. So he says, don't let money control you. Don't let money lead you into the wrong paths. And that's just what Jesus said, isn't it? Um, that you, know, you cannot serve two masters, God and money. Uh, and then in verse 8, the end of the matter is better than its beginning and patience is better than pride. Are you one of these people who likes to start a project and then never finish it? I don't know if that's, that's what you're like. I, I like to start something and finish it, but I have to admit, I don't always get to, that, to, get to the end. Uh, it's a good aspiration. But what the teacher is saying is, wisdom means we finish what we start. We have the patience to see things through. Um, patience is, is a virtue, as they say. And that is, that's the path of wisdom. And verse 9, do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of fools. So don't get angry quickly. Anger is rarely ever um, in, in a, uh, a human kind of sense leading to good, to good things. Sometimes it is right to be angry, um, but we shouldn't let it control us. And uh, verse 10, do not say why were the old days better than these, for it is not wise to ask such questions. Are you one of these people who always says, oh, it's better back in the old days. It's so rubbish now. It's better back in the old days. Um, and, and the teacher says, actually, it's not wise to say things. And it kind of leads us on to the next bit. Because the reason he says that is because we should, we should trust God. That God is leading us and directing us. And that you know, things weren't... Uh, so much better back in the old days than they are now. Perhaps they were better in some respects, perhaps worse. But we need to trust that God is leading us, leading us through. And this is what he goes on to talk about in the, the, next, um, the next section, verses well, 13 to 25, to the end of the bit that we read today, about the limitations of, of wisdom. He says in verses 13 and 14, uh, consider what God has done. Who can straighten what he has made crooked? When times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God made the one as well as the other. He's saying that wisdom is not some kind of magic cure-all for an easy life. You know, living wisely is not a bed of roses. That actually... Living wisely means that we sometimes go through hard and difficult times. And that God is the one who, who makes them both. Uh, and then he says, in verse uh, 15, in this meaningless my, uh, life of mine, I've seen both of these. The righteous perishing in their righteousness, and the wicked living long in their wickedness. Saying, why is it that sometimes those who do what is right seem to die early? Uh, but those who uh, live an evil life um, go on go on for ages. You know, think about Robert Mugabe, who just you know seems to carry not carry on going on and on and on. Um, why is this the case? And he says uh, in verses uh, twenty and then twenty-two, uh, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. 
And then he talks about cursing and he says, you know in your heart that many times you yourself have cursed others. He says, actually, the problem is that sin affects all of us. That sin is, is something that, that no one is immune from. And uh, what the Bible says, uh, Romans 8, verse 22, says that all of creation is, is like it's groaning, as in the pains of childbirth. All of creation is affected, it's like it's groaning with, with the weight of sin. That sin upsets everything. That's how it works in the world. I think back, um, for example, um, uh, my mum, as um, some of you may know, I've mentioned a few times, but my mum, she died a few years ago and she had cancer. Now mum was someone, she barely touched a drink in her life and she never smoked. And it just, when she got lung cancer, it felt like, you know, the, the irony of ironies because she, she lived a very abstemious life. Um, and I think, well, how does living wisely really help you? How does, how does living wisely actually help when, when that happens? And this is where that we need to, to recognise the limitations of wisdom. So as we, um, let's, uh, let's draw a few, a few threads together as we're, we're um, coming to the end here. I think the first thing is that death should teach us wisdom. It should teach us to live in the way that God, uh, God wants us to. And that's the message, and we've seen that a few times as we've been going through Ecclesiastes. So death should be our teacher. But the second thing is that it's not a guarantee of an easy life. It's no guarantee that things will just fall into place if we're wise, or that things will happen in the world which we don't understand. Let me read you a bit from um, this book, Knowing God, by, uh, by Jim Packer. I've been reading it um, recently, I've been rereading it. It's, a, it's a, a brilliant book, and I think if you haven't read it, it's worth reading. And if you've read it, it's worth reading again, um, because I think there's a lot of wisdom in here. Um, but let me read you um, a little bit of, um, of what he says. And in this particular section, he's talking about God's wisdom, and he's looking at Ecclesiastes. This is the way of wisdom. Clearly, it is just one facet of the life of faith. For what underlies and sustains it? Why, the conviction that the inscrutable God of providence is the wise and gracious God of creation and redemption. We can be sure that the God who made this marvellously complex world order, and who compassed the great redemption from Egypt, and who later compassed the even greater redemption from sin and Satan, knows what he is doing, and doeth all things well even if for the moment he hides his hand. We can trust him and rejoice in him, even when we cannot discern his path. Thus the preacher's way of wisdom boils down to what was expressed by Richard Baxter. Ye saints who toil below, adore your heavenly king, and onwards as ye go, some joyful anthem sing. Take what he gives and praise him still, through good and ill, whoever lives. So what he says is that Good and bad do happen in the world. And at the end of the day, we can't really make sense of it, even if we're living wisely, unless we're trusting in God. Because when we're trusting in God, that's the only thing that begins to make sense of, of these things. That uh, when we're praising God and, and trusting him, we know that the God who redeemed us from sin 
is the God who's in control and the God who is leading us and guiding us in our lives. Even if we can't see it at the moment, even if it looks for the time being like the wicked are flourishing while good people are, are not, even if it seems like that at the moment, we know that God does all things well. And that's, the, that's what wisdom is. It's about saying, I don't see at the moment the way uh, that everything should be, but I know that God is working and he is the one who does all things well. I'll just read you one more paragraph from here. It says, thus the effect of his gift of wisdom is to make us more humble, more joyful, more godly, more quick-sighted as to his will, more resolute in the doing of it, and less troubled uh, than we were at the dark and painful things of which our life in this fallen world is full. The New Testament tells us that the fruit of wisdom is Christ-likeness, peace, humility and love. And the root of it is faith in Christ as the manifested wisdom of God. Thus the kind of wisdom that God waits to give to those who ask him is a wisdom that will bind us to himself, a wisdom that will find expression in a spirit of faith and a life of faithfulness. That's what wisdom is. It's about saying, yes, you know, wisdom, human wisdom particularly, has its, its limitations. You know, that we, we don't understand all the reasons that things happen in this world. We don't understand why there's death and suffering sometimes, or, or why, why coronaviruses happen, or all of these other bad things. But we can trust the God who is faithful, and trust that even when we can't see it ourselves, that God still is working for a good purpose, whatever purpose that may be. And God is working a trust in us through these times, and that is what we are, we are being taught uh, through, through this time, and through all of the other hard times that we go through. So I think God is using the COVID-19 situation to teach us wisdom. And I think God is working in this situation. And perhaps you can think of one or two ways in which God has, has worked in your own life. Or maybe you can see that in the community. Maybe you can see um, people have been more interested in Christian things um, through this situation. So let's, let's take the opportunity now. To, to say, you know, I put my trust in God. I want to be faithful to him, even when we can't always see the way that, uh, that, that wisdom should be in the world. Even when things happen in a way that we don't understand. We can say, I'm going to trust God who is faithful. That's the path of wisdom, and I will trust him. Amen.